Good morning, everyone. Today, we're going to be continuing with our VISTA podcast series on the longitudinal focus topic areas, or LFT. As you know, we have four longitudinal topic areas. These represent pieces of the curriculum that have not been as strong as we would like historically, um, and that we feel really should have a footprint in undergraduate medical education. You'll recall we have spent time with uh, Dr. Gitkind, Dr. Carter, and Dr. Hogan on HSS, HETI, and Societal Forces Longitudinal fo Focus Topic Areas. And now we're going to talk um, with uh, someone who was recruited to this process a little bit later than everyone else. I think uh, he's only been at it for a couple months, but has done some great work in that time. And so today we welcome Assistant Vice Provost for Student Life and Director of Positive Learning Environments, Alan Acosta. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. And Alan's going to be speaking with us today about the fourth longitudinal focus topic area, patient and provider wellness. So I think we'll jump right into our questions. I am curious about formulating your team. Can you talk to us a little bit about how your team came together and who is on that team? Absolutely. And I think uh, the answer to that question actually lies in part in how I got to um, this particular endeavor. And so to, to your point, you had mentioned I got involved only a couple of months ago. So mid-November 2021, um, Dr. Melissa Fisher approached me about getting involved uh, with the longitudinal focus topics. And, and in part, it was because not just in my professional background of having worked with students and student wellness, but also my work here at UMass Chan since I joined in June 2021, uh, being having wellness as one of the central components and um, thinking that that would some, be some good alignment for some good thinking. And so um, I was super in, enthusiastic and passionate about doing it and, and knew at that point when Melissa and I had the conversation that uh, uh, we were going to be a little bit behind some of the other LFT in terms of development and conversation and thinking. And so I uh, reached out to one of my colleagues that I work with pretty closely on the Tri-School Wellbeing Committee, the Care Committee, Dr. Dave Hatem, uh, who is also very passionate about student wellness and what does it mean to be holistically well, uh, and picked his brain a little bit uh, in early December 2021 and got a list of uh, people that he knew would be enthusiastic, would be willing to donate their time, talent, energy to this project. And so um, I was able to reach out to that wonderful uh, group of people. Um, and we made initial contact um, in late December to start getting together and thinking about the topic. And, um, and we just kind of went from there. And so that's how we identified, the, or I helped identify the team and Got, got us going on the process. That's fantastic. Um, do, you, do you mind running through a little roll call of who is on the team doing this work with you? Not at all. Um, so there's about 10 uh, folks on the team with me. Um, and so the first thing I wanted to do was make sure that since we were developing something important for students, that we have some folks who work in the Office of Student Life with me to, to um, also bring that uh, interesting wellness thought perspective. And so um, uh, Samantha, Sammy James, uh, the Administrative Assistant for Student Life, who also I think is helping do a bunch of logistical background work, as well as uh, Katie Stickney, 
our project coordinator in student life or on the team. Beyond that, uh, we have some wonderful students um, and faculty, so that I would include Brittany Tran, Amy Chung, uh, Tom Gugina, Boris Lorberg, Jen Reedy, Hayden Pierce, Hallie Geller, and Frank Domino. And so that's the that's the wonderful all-star group I, I get to work with on this. That's exactly the right way to describe it. Um, that, that cast is a, a, a fantastic team. Um, okay, let's move into the next piece of this. You know, we're calling the essential curriculum components core domains for these longitudinal focus topics. And I'm wondering where you stand with identifying what those core domains are for patient and provider wellness. And if you have your list, can you, can you share it with us? Sure. So uh, knowing we got into the game a little later than some others, what I, the approach to getting at the core domains, I started with um, using some experience I had in a previous institution where we had identified dimensions of wellness. Um, and so I used a, a, a listing of those concepts as the initial draft of core domains. And then uh, as the team has been thinking about, talking about, looking at those, we've helped really refine and, and, and kind of think about what we want them to be. We, we had to start with what, what is wellness? Um, it's such a big, heavy topic and can mean so many different things that we wanted to make sure we were clear on what we meant by that. So that way the core domains aligned appropriately with that visioning. And so um, I, there's a quote, I think we all on the team talked about wellness in terms of a completely holistic, every aspect of one's life. And, and there's a quote that I think is really helpful to inform that from uh, Greg Anderson. He said, wellness is the complete integration of body, mind, and spirit. The realization that everything we do, think, feel, and believe has an effect on our state of well-being. And we really took that to heart. Uh, and that spirit and that essence has driven us forward. Um, we're not finalized in our core domains. They're still draft, but they're a, they're a pretty solid draft. It's almost like uh, wet cement. We're, we're almost there. Um, and we have seven core domains identified right now. Um, and they have evolved from nine. So we, we combined one and we um, felt that there was one that, that really we weren't, we weren't finding ways to, to, to really flesh it out and, and identify it. And so we, we decided not to name that as a specific piece. Um, but the ones that we, we do have um, are psychological and emotional wellness. And that one uh, is the one that we combined. We had initially had psychological wellness and emotional wellness separate, but we decided in our, our conversation, it made sense to uh, keep them together. We also have social wellness, physical wellness, spiritual wellness, professional wellness, which has taken on a, a couple of different uh, forms in, in our conversation, financial wellness, and then finally community wellness, which has also looked a little different at the start. And so we are pretty excited about where we are. Um, and I, my sense is that, uh, you know, we're going to continue the process unless something fairly dramatic or a really big flash of genius hits somebody that probably will end up being our list. It's, and it's a great list. I know you used uh, the analogy of wet cement, but I think this is totally ready to dry. Um, it's, it's really, it reflects the quote you used, you know, in terms of how holistic this approach to wellness 
needs to be. So um, excellent work to your team. For the build team leaders who are starting to incorporate some of this into their session activities and objectives, where can they find this list? Where does this um, domain list live at the moment? So uh, this list that I just read out to you, we've kind of just gotten to the wet cement part earlier this week. Um, And so I've been sharing with um, Ashton Gunn, who has been kind of a a driving force for all the LFT spokes folks. Um, And and we have some places I know from from a SharePoint standpoint that we will put it on. Um, And and I'm going to confer with my LFT spokespeople. We meet, I think, every other week and just say, hey, where else does this need to go? Where else does this need to live? So that way um, people can see them, start to digest them, ask questions, go from there. Fantastic. Yes. I have heard from Ashton the same, that there's going to be some SharePoint footprint sort of allotted to the longitudinal focus topics for information about the core domains. The core domains are also going to appear in that core topic template as dropdown lists now that the domains are semi-finalized um, so that build teams as they're working on their uh, that table can can go into the box that says, how does patient and provider wellness fit into this activity and choose one of these uh, domains uh, from, from a dropdown list. So that is great, thank you. Speaking of the build teams, how is that um, communication going? You know, our envision is that it's bi-directional. Um, have you guys thought about that in your group's work yet? How are you planning to reach out to them or receive outreach from those build teams? So um, we are actually, as a, as a- as a consultant team thinking about our LFT, we haven't yet reached out to build teams. Yesterday was my first opportunity um, to talk to and give information to a bunch of build team leaders. Um, and that was met with some really good enthusiasm um, and positive feedback. I've actually already had one of those individuals email me directly, very excited about uh, getting the process going. And so, um, I feel pretty good in that we're just getting kind of rolling in the conversations with the build teams, which actually I was surprised in my last meeting with the other LFT spokes folks. Um, they're just kind of getting into their first meetings and conversations with build teams too. So I actually felt a little bit less anxiety about how far behind I felt like we were versus where we actually are. And so I would anticipate over the next couple of weeks, um, you know, I'll be reaching out to some folks. My hope is that some of the build team uh, folks will be uh, reaching out to me and we will start to, you know, confer and, and get working. Yeah, I agree. You guys have efficiently caught up and, and are close um, to, to the where those other LFT groups are as well. Um, okay, so now I want to shift gears a little bit and talk um, maybe somewhat philosophically or curricularly about how these domains, these seven domains we've just talked about, might fit into an educational activity. How could, for example, a discovery phase or early on in the undergraduate curriculum, um, how might an assignment integrate some of these domains? So that's one of the pieces that we're really still, I think, wrestling with in our consultant team. Um, we've done a good job, I think, in our approach of taking each of the core domains and defining what they are and what we mean by them and what that particular slice of the wellness pie means. Um, but I, 
we haven't gotten into the super concrete of what does this look like in an assignment in any particular phase of the, the new curriculum. And that's also part of our next steps and next planning for where we are in our work. I think, um, I think the group has shared a strong desire to make sure that we are hitting on some of these topics explicitly. And, and what I mean by that is um, they, they're, so for example, uh, under the uh, physical wellness, one of the, one of the elements that we really identify with sleep and knowing what the practice of healthcare and medicine is uh, and knowing what uh, rotations are and what being on service means, uh, there was some conversation like, how do we talk about what it means to, to, to have good sleep hygiene, good sleep habits, have a good sleep diet, if you will. Um, that's an example of ways that we're already, we've just started uh, putting into some concretization how that will look in a curriculum. So how do we talk about what kind of assignments would it look like? What would it mean for a student to actually understand and um, grow with their sleep habits? And so I anticipate that probably over the next three or four weeks as we continue to meet, because we, we're meeting, and I'm going to use meeting in quotes, um, we're, we're meeting virtually via email for the most part. We're having a lot of conversation via email because one, there's not, we can't really physically gather together. And two, uh, with the current state of the pandemic, um, uh, particularly our faculty are um, very much involved in clinical work as much as they are in these other responsibilities. And so um, we are making our headway and grappling with these pieces um, in a way that I think will hopefully uh, bear some really great assignment fruit, some really great thought about what does this, what does some of these pieces look like in a clerkship or um, in some other modality form phase of the curriculum. I'm really excited to see what additional ideas, thoughts come out of that. I'm really excited to hear some feedback from the build teams and see what their perspectives are, what their thinking is on how that could look and what, what we could imagine um, over the next several weeks. Thank you. Your comment on hitting the topics explicitly really spoke to me. So much of uh, learning to be a doctor comes from modeling behaviors of the faculty that learners are working with. I think that becomes uh, progressively so as they move from preclinical to clinical and residency phases of their career. And, you know, as a discipline, medicine and physicians are not great at modeling wellness. We, as you know, have an epidemic of burnout. And so I love that you're saying we can't rely on that system. It has failed us in the past to just use modeling as a way to maintain wellness in our medical trainees. And instead saying, you know, no, this needs to be taught like some other content area very, very explicitly. So that, that is a, a comment that really spoke to me, Alan. So thank you for that. The next uh, piece or the last question really that I have for you is one that um, I can also help with the answering of with my sort of bird's eye view of the new VISTA curriculum. But I'm curious, 
um, for, in a couple ways, you know, there's going to be domains that are more challenging to teach than others. And I'm curious what you think those domains that will be more challenging to integrate are as the first part. And then the second part, is there a, a mechanism or a space that's been carved out in the VISTA curriculum for teaching some of those more challenging um, domains explicitly or having dedicated time to do so. Um, and I will allow you to uh, speak to that and, and then I'll jump in with some of my thoughts if you need them. Well, I appreciate that. And I always welcome your thoughts. Um, I, you know, the one we haven't explicitly talked as a group about which are the ones that we think will be the most challenging. Um, believe it or not, I think we're very optimistic in thinking that all of these um, can be done in a profound, thoughtful, and uh, intentional way, which resonates with our future students. When I look at the domains, I think, and this is actually maybe counterintuitive, but I think the one that will end up being the most challenging is social wellness. And the reason I say that is because under that domain, you actually kind of just touched on that um, just now. One of the elements is transitioning from individual-based learning to to team learning and functioning as you progress through any form of curriculum. And it's also about managing relationships at work, at home, the community, how you manage your time, how you manage the tension between time at work versus personal time. I mean, you said it before, uh, you know, medical professionals, doctors, nurses, other healthcare practitioners, especially even now highlighted in the pandemic, work some crazy hours, um, some really difficult um, shifts and and then have to do medical work which can be really emotionally and physically draining um, and so that to, to trying to teach people how to manage relationships when given that context and circumstance i think is going to be a little bit challenging because everybody I, I don't think there's a single person that's ever walked into a social situation saying oh uh this is going to be awkward or gee, I need to figure out how to deal with people. Most, most people, I think, reasonably believe that they know how to interact with people, are pleasant to get along with, uh, can, can function in a group dynamic, and manage challenges. What we don't often say out loud is, actually, most people need some form of education in how to interact with, function with, uh, and um, react to people who are different than them, who have different thinking styles, approaches, communication skills. Um, it's actually very difficult to put together and um, function well in a team environment. You can look at any major sports professional franchise for an example. Um, and that's true in any healthcare setting as well. And I think it's also difficult to say, hey, you're gonna work with some people that quite frankly, from a personal level, you may not uh, jive with very much and you still got to make it work because we've got to do what's best for the patient. We've got to do what's best for the community. We've got to do what's best for healthcare. And I think that one is going to take some real thinking and conceptualization of how to have honest, heart-to-heart, -heart, real conversations about what it's like to interact with others in this environment in a way that allows for maximum results for, for patients. Um, and I, you know, I think that, I, I think that we can do that. And, and I think it's going to take some real dedicated carving out as you kind of talked about really in particular to make sure that that domain is, is addressed because when we've had conversations as an LFT 
most of the group felt that this one was the most important, that this one was more so than the others, not the others aren't important because they're all important for one reason or another. But really being able to communicate and manage relationships in one's uh, time um, is, is imperative for quote unquote success. And so I'm really interested to see how our conversations with the build teams go, um, continued conversations in our consultant team on how we continue to actualize and realize ways to teach in a tangible way how to appropriately uh, and thoughtfully socialize with others in a way that promotes wellness. That's a really fascinating point about social wellness. As you're speaking, I'm thinking about how social wellness impacts professionalism, which is one of our core school educational objectives, you know, physician as professional, but also is a core health system science domain, this idea of interprofessionalism and teaming. Um, and I hadn't previously thought about how personal social wellness might impact a learner's performance in, um, in those realms. So that's great conversation. In thinking about the big VISTA roadmap and where uh, some of these more challenging domains like social wellness might be appropriate to teach, I think about um, the P3 week, which is a week of time. Uh, it overlaps with the first year's transition to medical school, but the second year's who will just be returning have a week of population, patients, and peers, or P3 week, where it, it might be well-placed to, to include some of this content. And I know uh, Dr. Hatem has already done a lot of work incorporating it into the uh, doctoring and clinical skills course in the LINK curriculum so that those DCS small groups, which in VISTA will just be called small groups, um, uh, which occur on Wednesdays, will, will continue some of that wellness material. So those are some carved out places I can think of. In addition, the new Pathways program might provide an opportunity for uh, the development of community and spiritual wellness. If you think about how important it is to somebody's um, spirituality to pursue something that is that they feel passionately about, that they find a greater connection to the whole. I'm really hopeful that our Pathways program can, can allow for that um, as well. So those are my thoughts about where else this curriculum might be explicitly talk, taught, and um, particularly in light of the fact that you said, you know, it needs to be explicitly taught. We can't rely on, um, on modeling alone for this in the future. Thank you so much, Alan, for your time. Um, those were all of my questions for you. I, I will turn it to you and just see if you have any concluding thoughts or comments before um, we uh, wrap this up. Well, I, first I wanna thank you for the time and the opportunity to um, share a little bit about the work that we're doing on this LFT. Um, I'll say it again, it, it, we are very excited on both the consultant team and in the positive uh, conversations I had yesterday with some of the build team members about where we're going uh, and, and about highlighting, spotlighting, uh, emphasizing what it means to, to, to be well. And I think you mentioned it earlier. I think, uh, Professionals within the healthcare industry tend to get so focused on taking care of others and promoting and figuring out how to better the wellness of patients, uh, family, friends, loved ones. And we don't often also take time to really make sure that we ourselves as providers are well in the same respect. And so I 
will want to share with everybody that we're thinking we're trying to think about all of those pieces as we're approaching our work, not just um, the student experience, the provider experience, uh, and not just the patient experience, but how all of those things interact and intersect together. And so I am very excited about what we have done, and I'm very excited about what we're doing and what we're going to do. Um, and just look forward to a really uh, wonderfully collaborative process in the future. Thank you. It's uh, very clear after speaking with you how you and your team have had a very intersectional and holistic approach to this idea of patient and provider wellness. So thank you again for your time. And um, uh, we appreciate all the work you've done on this very important topic to date. Thanks so much.